Penn State Conversations is a podcast produced by the Donald P. Bellisario College of Communications. Episode topics range from the people, programs, and events that shape the Bellisario College to discussing key aspects of life in the professional world for young and upcoming communications alumni. Please enjoy this episode of Penn State Conversations. In this episode of the podcast, we talk with Penn State alumnus, and longtime journalist, John Bogey. Thank you. So, how did you get started in journalism? Well, I, I credit my father with that. Uh, he was, uh, well, when he retired, he was the executive editor of the Williamsport paper, but uh, I forget what he was when I was a, a child, but he required us, uh, my sister and I, we read the papers as a youngster, uh, maybe just the comics, but we started in with that. Um, I used to deliver at the time, the Waynesport had two papers, the Gazette and Bulletin in the morning and the Sun in the afternoon. My dad always used to say the afternoon, we're not an evening paper, we come out in the afternoon. But uh, so I used to deliver the Gazette in the morning, go to school and come home and deliver the Sun in the afternoon. So it's always been that and I've always been inquisitive. And uh, so, uh, after while I was in high school, I had the opportunity to become an intern at the uh, Williamsport paper. Uh, really, he was doing a lot of photography at the time, uh, uh, plus writing. And that's really how I got, got interested in it. And as I said, I think my curiosity, my mother used to always say that I'm the most curious person in the world. I have all these questions. Questions are a good thing. That's a great thing. Do you remember the first story you were paid to write? No, I don't. Uh, what I do remember, because I won a prize for this, uh, in the between my junior and senior year in high school, in other words, it'd be in 1957, as I recall, I took a picture of Angel Mejia's throwing a no-hitter in the Little League World Series, the first and only no-hitter of the championship game. And I got a, it was up on the roof of what is then the, still is the original field now named for Carl Stutz. And I took a picture that uh, won me a prize. I, that's one of the first things I remember uh, in journalism uh, doing. But as far as first stories, no, because I'm sure I was writing obituaries and what most interns do, it, uh, 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 you know, maybe covered some accidents uh, and things like that, because coverage back in the late 50s is entirely different what it is in the media today. But that doing it all piece, you know, you, it, as an intern and even now, you have everything from court cases that are that are trademarks and, 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 and really important to not the Little League World Series is important, but the Little League World Series to small, you still do a little bit of everything. Is that by preference? Is that by by design like how does that how has that worked out i just enjoy it i think it's just the easy way to uh, uh it gives diversity i guess if nothing else that uh, uh, i enjoy sports i've been active in sports i play tennis uh been president of the city softball league in waynesport a fast pitch league for more than 50 years played for many years so uh, i'm a season ticket holder of penn state football so you know i, I enjoy sports so that's uh, a good thing. Uh, I enjoy feature stories. Uh, tell you the truth, the, the aspect of the Little League World Series I enjoy most 
is the feature stories uh, about the kids or the managers or family members, that type of thing. And uh, I've learned over the years about courts and I enjoy uh, covering courts. I think one reason is that uh, uh, during my career undergraduate at Penn State, uh, part of the liberal arts education, I had to take a semester, I think it was semester then, I forget whether it was term or semester because it changed, um, in uh, law. So I have a little background uh, in law and, uh, and been able to follow through on that. And I find uh, court cases, whether it's criminal or civil, interesting. How do you know, I can kind of hear it into your voice that there's still the excitement about this and, and the enjoyment of this. How have you not gotten jaded or, or have you, or what's changed about how what you do what you do through the years? I think the, the difference, I've told a lot of people this, when I wake up in the morning, I never know what I'm going to be writing. And it's, uh, it's not the same as going to a factory and doing the same thing eight hours and then going home. Um, and so you just, you just don't know because especially with courts, things can be filed anytime. And in federal court, now they can be filed 24 uh, seven. And likewise with the police, you never know when there's gonna be a major fire or a, a homicide, something like that. Uh, you may wake up in the morning and say, I have nothing to do today. And by the time four o'clock comes, you've written two or three stories. Can you give me a sense of what has changed the most about the industry in your years? I mean, the, the delivery methods have certainly changed and I don't, I don't know that that's, but what about the skill set that a journalist needs and what about, the, has that changed much in your time? And if so, how? The one thing that I will say that I think is uh, changed for the worst uh, is that young reporters today don't wanna ask questions. They're content to get the news releases and just rewrite the news releases or stick them in without raising questions. Uh, I'm still one of these that I want to know the answers and uh, uh, especially things uh, like from the uh, uh, Department of Environmental Protection. Uh, there are times that uh, they put out a news release about uh, civil penalty or something. I want to know the background. What exactly happened? What has happened? Have they corrected the situation? There's more than just a news release. Sometimes you have to go with just the news release, but uh, that is one of the big changes I've noticed over the years. People aren't out on the beats. I enjoy going out uh, and seeing people. Um, last week I was down in Lewisburg covering something. While I was down there, I made sure I saw certain people that I might be covering or have something in their office. I just uh, walk in and say hello. Uh, and I think that's uh, very good. Uh, I have a good rapport, I feel, with most of the county judges in the region uh, because of that. Uh, so that uh, it's the personal uh, look atmosphere, you might say, that I really encourage. And if I was gonna be teaching young reporters, I would say that get out of the office if you can and go see the people you're interviewing. I find it a lot easier to interview somebody in person than I do over the phone. What do you think contributes and how would you help so get someone get over that inability or unwillingness to ask a question? I mean, is it, is it curiosity? Is it fear? And, and how, do you, how would you tell someone or advise someone to get over that, to be able to be comfortable doing those things? Well, if you're going to be what I call a good journalist, you got to be able to ask, ask questions to start with. And I think that's the thing. Uh, well, I don't know what they're teaching these days in germ schools, uh, whether they encourage people to do that or not. Uh, but uh, I know this, uh, 
when I got my master's degree at Northwestern University, one of the terms uh, I was, we were assigned to go down into Chicago. We spent two weeks at various locations, uh, City Hall, different places. And we had to go back to their uh, Chicago campus and each day we were assigned to this and write a story as if we were writing for a newspaper under deadline. So we were, we were taught, or I was taught, I should say, back then to, um, you had to ask questions. And these were people I had no idea who I was talking to. I mean, I heard some guy from rural Pennsylvania out in big city Chicago. <laughs> did, were you always going to come home and work in Weemsport? Like, did you, I mean, you've been, a, you were Weems to the, with, the, with the paper to 83, and I guess the Patriot News since that, since that time. Right. But you're still, your home base is still Weemsport. Was Weemsport always going to be the home base for you? Or what, what did you think your career would look like? Well, I've always enjoyed Williamsport. I think it's a, a good community. Uh, like every community, we've had our share of crime and so forth. But it is just, it's close enough to, so I can, as I say, go to Penn State football games. Uh, but it's also for traveling wise, it's not that far to go places. And uh, I just had my roots here. And I think the family roots are here. And uh, uh, for the longest time, I mean, uh, my mother lived till she was 96. And uh, um, so, you know, I wanted to be around with her because my father died at a fairly young age. And I think all that uh, is a reason that uh, I've always liked to want to stay in Williamsport. Does working for, for the Patriot News slash Live, how is that different from what you did when you were at the paper in Williamsport in terms of assignments or, or just day to day what you're doing? Well, uh, you got to remember also at the very end, I was the city editor at the uh, Williamsport paper. So, but uh, in those days, you covered a lot of things you don't cover now. I mean, you worried about you, accidents. You worried, not worried, but you covered accidents, little fires, uh, things that you don't do for like Penn Live or even a, a larger paper, you, you, the major stuff you do. Um, so there's a lot more things you do. You went to uh, uh, city council meetings. Uh, I remember um, years ago, uh, before the Sunshine Law, uh, our city council in Waynesport met every Tuesday during the day in an executive session to plan for what they were going to do on Thursday, their open meeting. I used to sit outside the city council chambers and talk to the people who came out. Um, I was actually uh, members of several members of city council back then wanted me banned from city hall because I was getting information that I shouldn't get. And the answer was, hey, the people who came out of the meetings talked. Uh, it's, you know, he has, they have every right to talk and he had every right to report it. Those things have changed, I mean, uh, now. You mentioned features with the World Series and maybe features in general. Is there a story that you would like to do that you haven't or, or someone you would like to write about that you haven't? Not that I can think of because I've covered so much of the, the gamut that uh, there's nothing I could, uh, uh, think of that I haven't done uh, in some form or another. How do you know you've had a good day? Well, then I go to sleep at night without worrying what did I mess up something or did I uh, misquote somebody and uh, uh, or wake up the next morning and find out that uh, I get an email from somebody, boy, you really screwed that story up, but which fortunately it doesn't happen very often. I try to be accurate. I, and I, I stress this with the young reporters even, that 
accuracy is more important. Sometimes it's better to hold a story today to be accurate than rush into something and then be inaccurate. And then you have to, because nobody reads the corrections. They all read the first story, it seems. And it's not fair to the people um, that you're covering. I think you've given a good sense of who you're serving. Are you competing with anyone in what you do? And who is that? I don't consider competing with anybody. Um, I mean, the Williamsport paper, for instance, they're more interested in the local news. Um, there is a web news uh, organization here, but again, they're more interested in picking up the affidavits uh, of uh, crimes uh, that we probably wouldn't be interested in. So I don't, I don't consider that. And the fact that I'm covering an area that extends way beyond Williamsport. I mean, Lewisburg, Sunbury, Snyder County, uh, and occasionally some other counties that uh, I'm looking for what I consider stories that people would want to read that may not be um, people just live in Williamsport. So how do you do that? I mean, I'll pick up something or see your stuff online and see the dateline. And, and I know the region, not as well as you, but know how far you've had to go at some point to get that or talk to the people that get that somehow. How do you, how do you keep your finger on all those pulses that, that at the same time? Well, I, what I do with courts, I'll use an example. I have a list of uh, names of people that who've been arrested in major cases. And then I uh, keep that list and I go on the statewide portal uh, periodically and I get updates when things are coming up. So I know when something is going to be in court, whether I want to cover it or pick it up by phone or whatever, I know that. Um, and the same thing with, uh, I have an idea when meetings are and I do check other media and, uh, uh, and the internet uh, to see what's going on. I mean, again, it's my, I'm inquisitive and because of that, I uh, want to see what's going on, not, not only in the general area, but um, throughout uh, Pennsylvania. How much has your experience through the years made you, I don't know, maybe more efficient or, or better at things or knowing when something's going to happen, if it has? Well, I think experience, you always do better with experience. And uh, uh, also uh, being with other reporters that might come into the area to cover a specific story, um, watching them, uh, how they may do things. Uh, so I feel fortunate right now that many times a young reporter is approaching me and asking me, how would you do this? Or how did you do this? And I guess I'm at my age now that it's the other way around. Instead of me asking them, they're asking me. How much you mentioned, your age. how much longer do you, are you, will you do this? How much longer are you going to work? I don't Not know. that I'm trying to get you out the door right now. I'm just curious. <laughs> No, I don't, I don't know, uh, Steve. Uh, I enjoy what I'm doing. And because it is what I call part-time, I work out of my home. And it gives me time to, to do other things if I so desire. Uh, and there are times I'm working until 8, 9 o'clock at night uh, because I'm one of these, that if, a, if a story deserves to be put out, it needs to be put out now. Um, so it depends. Uh, some days it, uh, I have nothing. I mean, uh, I took, for instance, Saturday and Sunday this past weekend, um, I basically took the weekend off. I mean, I did a couple of checks, but uh, there's nothing to write about and didn't bother me at all at uh, working in the yard or doing other things. And... Hey, thank you very much. And thanks for what you do. I appreciate your time. Let me, if I may just throw in one thing, if I may. Sure, no, go ahead. I didn't ask about what was some, the roughest story I ever had to cover. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, it would be the uh, Flight 800 uh, tragedy at Montoursville. Um, 
I learned a lot uh, at that time. Uh, I'm dealing, living in Williamsport, of course, Montrezl's next door. Mm-hmm. I watch reporters from big cities come in and act like bulls in China closets, uh, demanding families who are just lost a loved one. Where's the yearbook? We want a yearbook. We need a picture of your kid. Uh, I learned a lot there. It, it was a very difficult story to cover, but I also learned a lot that I said, if I ever was sent to a place that I didn't know where they are, I certainly would not treat the victims' families like I saw some of the journalists do. And that, that really made an impression on me. And uh, made some very good friends from family members. And uh, I've, over the years, even on some major homicide cases, I've gotten to know the family members. Uh, another ones I got along very well with, if you remember the, uh, uh, the people who had a rock thrown through their windshield on Interstate 80, um, the buds, uh, I got to know the family. And, and I think it helps in covering it. And we were able to carry on a conversation uh, off the record type thing, but it was great help uh, letting me know when things were going to go on. So I just want to touch base on those couple of things. No, and it, it actually prompts another since I dropped the ball on the one question. I'm curious in, well, I forget where it fell in term, in timeline with Flight 800, but the, there was a tornado that went through the county in like 85, right? And you would have been more localish than some other people. Was that something you covered or do you remember that one at all? I remember it slightly. I mean, uh, yes, uh, I think that was down your old territory. Yeah. Uh, that uh, I remember it. In fact, I probably still have clippings. Uh, I've saved uh, a lot of the stories that I've done, even uh, newspaper clippings. Um, I remember going to Blossburg uh, on a Mohawk Airlines uh, plane going into the mountain up there. Uh, I remember a couple other uh, Allegheny Airlines crashes in this area. And I was at Penn State when one went into the mountain right across from Williamsport. I didn't cover that. I know I was itching to come back, to leave class and come down and do it, but I can't do that. But um, yeah, it, uh, uh, I remember a lot of those things that I've covered over the years and uh, they all make an impact on you. How much space does your library of clippings take up? How much? Like that's, we've, got a, we've got a career's worth of stuff there. I didn't quite catch how, it. How much space does your library of clippings take up in your house? Oh, like- not that much because it, uh, over the years, I've, uh, uh, I, I have a file cabinet, uh, about four drawers full. Of, that's, that's about it. I mean, uh, okay. uh, a lot of times you only save the, the conclusion or something like that. If you've done a series of stories, you don't save every one because usually what the last two summarize everything that's in it. So it, uh, um, that's the way. And nowadays it, uh, I just make copies of what's on the internet because most things now are just on with Penn Live. They're not in the print edition. Uh, so, what in terms of the technology piece? I also I talked about experience in terms of technology changing, which has changed the most. What have you gotten better at or adapted to that maybe you didn't think you were going to, but you just kind of needed to? Well, you got to remember when I was in school, we didn't know anything about computers. And when I started in this business, we started at the typewriters. And then uh, we moved to the type of typewriter that you could put a, you scanned your story, your paper story into a scanner. And so now you've gone strictly to uh, computers. And I've had obviously adapt to that. Uh, I have a desktop, which I use at my home, but I also have a laptop like I use over at Little League World Series. So there are other places I could send directly from there. Um, I have a connection through my cell phone. Um, so I, if there's no Wi-Fi connection someplace I can send there. So uh, there's been a lot of change. And in a way, I'm sorry that uh, 
I didn't have some of this in school. The, a lot of times I have to ask somebody who's a lot younger than me for help on some of this stuff because they get it in school. Right, exactly. Well, cool. Anything else I'm forgetting? Because I want to be respectful of your time, but I, I don't know. You're the one. I'm not used to be the one to answer the questions. I'm the one that's used to, ask, used to being asking the questions. You're doing a heck of a good job, and I appreciate what you do. I think a lot of people do uh, very much. So, so thank you for your time today, and thank you for what you do. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Penn State Conversations. For more information about the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications, including the latest news and upcoming events, visit belisario.psu.edu or find us on social media at PSU Belisario on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.